welcome to the Time Shifters podcast. I'm your host, Christopher. This podcast takes a fun look at the films of long past, recent past, and the almost present, as well as the events and news surrounding them. I would love to hear from you, and there are several ways to get in touch with the show. Look for the Time Shifters podcast group on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Time Shifters Pod, or you can send us a typed or recorded message to timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and please check us and our fellow podcasters out over on podchaser.com. Please rate and review the show at any of these outlets. All these links can be found on timeshifterspodcast.com. Now let's head to the Timeshifter studio and start the show. Everyone, welcome to a Time Shifters podcast interview edition. Now, as you know, Tom and I went to the Cincinnati Comic Expo, and we met a filmmaker there named Kyle Murphy. And we watched his film, and now we're going to talk to the man. So with, of course, I have Tom with me. Hi, Tom. I should have introduced me. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and also on the Skype call is Kyle Murphy. Kyle, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show with us. Welcome. Looking forward to it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we will be gentle, we swear. <laughs> well, that's no fun. You've got a good audience here because, uh, at least for me anyway, I loved the film Vampire Foxes from Space. Right. And I got to throw the pause in. <laughs> I really enjoy this. This is, as I described it, a too short film. <laughs> I agree. Surely. <laughs> Yeah, when, when, when's the full feature come out? Well, I I guess to lead into that, I'd have to give you a little backstory. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. I was definitely wanted to little know a little bit more about you, and um, I mean, very few people just just go from um, doing some other job and then going, you know what, I'm going to make a movie. So I was really curious how in the world this came about for you. Well, I, I think it was in 2010. I volunteered for the Anchorage International Film Festival just to do anything that they needed, hand out tickets or, or whatever. And um, a friend of mine did as well. And um, I, I'm a single dad. I've raised my daughter most by myself her whole life. And I guess that's digressing a little bit. But what what I did when I volunteered for that festival was it it started creating – an extended family of sorts, you know, and, you know, it gave us some community that we didn't have prior really. Cause I just work a lot. <laughs> that's, that's what I, <laughs> and, um, so in the course of about, I guess, five years, we made somewhere in the neighborhood of around 15 or 16 short films. And now most of those were just little film challenges. You have two days to put this thing together. You have five days to put this together and, and that kind of thing. And, um, well, I got the bug and it wasn't going to go away. There's no way it was going to go away. And the more people that came into the fold, because we were doing these things, um, the more fun it got, you know, and the bigger the community got. And, um, and then we did one in 2013. 13 i think it was that really opened up all the doors um it did pretty well in the localized festivals i didn't go outside of alaska at that time because i didn't know anything about this stuff right. and uh, but it it did really well it, it you know it got 
it got us on the cover of the Halloween edition of the local entertainment magazine. It, you know, it did a variety of things. And, and, and so I think it was a little prior to that. I thought, you know, I want to make these films, but I've got no idea how to do this. I've, I've, I'm completely green. And I thought there's got to be some other people that want to do the same thing. And I'm not looking for at the time, you know, I'm not looking for professionals with tens of thousand dollars of equipment. I just wanted some passionate people. And I, so I started this group and it was called the Alaska horror network. And they just came out of the woodwork. They, they, they did, they just came out of the woodwork and all of a sudden, you know, that community grew from just a few people to dozens and dozens. And uh, so we started getting into it more. And, and then I shot another film where the year after that one, and there was, I think, 27 or 28 people in my house at one time making this film and uh, all everyone's volunteer and everyone's into it you know there's they just want to make this thing and that one didn't do as well as i thought it was or <laughs> that I wanted to, uh, mostly because of my inexperience uh you know and everything <laughs> it was a fun story but it it didn't go as far as the one prior but so it was i guess about a year after that in 2015 um, I found this lighting fixture as I'm a contractor. I was working for a commercial contractor in Alaska at the time. And it it looked like a 1950s or 60s flying saucer. I mean, it, it was like, it was, that was what it was to me. That's what I saw. And so I called my friend Denise and it's like, let's make a fake trailer for a movie that doesn't exist for fun as almost as a joke. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. say joke. I wouldn't put it that far, but it was it was completely frivolous, not to be taken serious. One of those things. And we, it was, I think a two minute trailer or something like that. And we threw it out at the festival and, you know, we were just beside ourselves. It's like, what the heck, you know, what's all this? You know, they're applauding, they're clapping when it was over. <laughs> this was not supposed to do this. You know, the, the community knows me. What, what does Kyle do? Oh my gosh. What kind of blood is he going to throw at the screen this time? You know? And, but it, they loved it. <laughs> and it's like, well, let's pursue this. And so I wrote a feature, and I don't know if you've heard some of this before, but you got to lead up, I suppose. But I wrote a feature film script um, on everything from paper to my phone to the computer. And it was, it was just a big mess. Of work. <laughs> Wherever I was thinking about it at the time, I was writing it down or typing it in or whatever it happened. And so it's like, well, we're just, Let's make this thing. Let's make this feature. Let's just do it. And, uh, well, I didn't have any money. <laughs> so it's like, I've got all these sets built, you know, all these sets, five full size of four miniatures, I think, and a variety of things. And uh, I guess the big pullback from making a feature out of it originally was simply time constraints um, for the people involved. Me? Yeah, let's do this thing. Let's set up right now. We'll take a month and we'll shoot this thing. Let's just go. But I couldn't do that. Everyone's volunteering their time. And when you try to coordinate, maybe you know, about 35 people together to make something and they're all volunteering their time and they've got a passion to want to do this, you can't take enough out of their daily lives to – I. I you can only have so much glue, no matter how fun, how good and everything is. And I can't take away from their lives to be able to, to have, to try to do this thing. So I condensed it 
or I pulled out of that feature um, a story that I thought would tease. And, and that's, that's all it was meant to be is just a tease. But at the same time, I wanted to utilize every single set that I've got for the thing. And that's where that came from. <laughs> all right. Well, fair enough. Well, tease is exactly what it did. It, as I said, when I originally posted our review, you know, the, the old adage is, adage is to leave them wanting more. And that's exactly what it did. Right. I saw this. I'm like, okay, I want more. Make more. <laughs> there was so much that I was wanting to put in there. The little quirks that you talk about and things like that, you know, when they come to earth and they don't understand that's all in there, but it's not in this right. <laughs> version. You know, there's all kinds of quirks and oddities and, you know, retro sleaze and campiness <laughs> that I just, it, it just, it just wasn't going to work. It was going to be that 40 or 50 minute film that you, that you mentioned. And then, it, it just didn't feel right to do that. And, and also I wanted to get in mm -hmm. festivals. Sure. And if you keep it at a shorter um, length, you have more of an opportunity, right, right. more of right. a chance you're all, you're always to do looking that. To fill, fill time and fill little breaks and yeah, they keep it under an hour kind of thing or even a half an hour. They'll, yeah, definitely. I can understand right. where they, the more films that they can pull in, you know, the more, the more people yep. they'll pull in to watch them. And and even still, when I started searching for festivals, I wasn't just what they call shotgunning festivals. Just enter, okay, let's have, that one's coming up. Enter, 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 enter. No, we didn't do any of that. I I did a lot of research on these festivals, like and looked. When I found the festivals, like that might entertain something like this. I did research. What did they pick in the past? This kind of thing, because you know, this is all these festivals that cost money to enter. Right, right. For most of. Them. Right, and so you know, I have got that. I made this movie very frugally, and <laughs> that's the way I'm right. going to do this. You know, so I was very selective, and and it, I guess it worked. <laughs> you have to know your audience. I mean, this is the type of film that you, it, not everyone is going to watch this film and walk away enjoying it. You know, this this is going to be right. a select I mean, fandom kind of thing. The right people are going to see it yeah. and are going to enjoy it. It's a niche, and I completely admit that. And, and the original trailer, uh, that's why we didn't expect that whole crowd <laughs> <laughs> to do what they did. Well, I mean, that's part of what you uh, discussed with us in Cincinnati is that, that you set out to make this. This was going to be campy, fun, uh, harken back to the stuff from the 50s and 60s, that kind of thing. You know, it's sort of, yeah, but it's sort of a mashup. Sure. <laughs> it's the 50s, it's the 60s, it's your exploitative grindhouse stuff, throw, edge thrown in there in the 70s. And, yeah. I love that oh. a lamp was like the apple falling out of the tree for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if you think about it, in the 1950s, there's a very good chance that a light fixture like that was a UFO. <laughs> oh, yeah. Film. Oh, it. <laughs> oh yeah, you're, you're talking about the the blend of um, of genres and sort of the decades that all go into the film. There are times and there are films that I have seen where you watch something and someone's tried to do that, and you really get this feeling of like, oh my gosh, come on, pick a lane. But sometimes I think it really works well, and for some reason I think you really manage to sort of blend all these together to just I don't know, just make something that's just it's just fun. Yep, that was the whole objective. <laughs>
whole objective. That was the whole objective. I, I can't even expand on that. If I had to like someone up in a word, that's the word I'd use. When I watch it, I had fun. <laughs> that's that's the primary um, thing I'd heard from from people that came out of the cinemas after screening. It was they had a lot of fun watching that. Well, and you, it, the setup was perfect for what you set out to do. Uh, that that whole the kid in the comic book store um, leafing through the uh, the various uh, treasures in the box to come across this story that has been marked down so many times that's now worth ten cents to <laughs> to, to, to whoever buys it. it, it it's almost like you're you're establishing the bar for the story anyways. You're like, this is going to be cheesy good fun. It, it's literally on the cheap because we have marked it down to to bargain yep. basement prices. And, 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 and we're going to give it to you for this. And I literally had that whole um, concept in my brain when I was gearing up to shoot this thing too. It's like, I'm going to tell this story from start to finish and I don't care if I have a beautiful looking full size set and the miniature set looks like a miniature set with a rocket on a string and that's all fine because as long as I'm able to tell that story from start to finish that's that was the whole objective <laughs> whatever it took yeah well it's a little bit of a, a kitsch factor to it I mean when the UFO lands in the the exploding moose that is obviously just a toy right. figure yeah. you know on a miniature set and it's like obvious you're not trying to hide yeah, it you're not, not trying to say oh it isn't this awesome you're like no look this is a miniature and this is a toy that I just blew up yes. <laughs> now, now I going into tonight's uh, conversation I, I have been dying to ask because since we're on the topic of the, the the effects the things that you've used the things that you've added Mm -hmm. Um, as cheesy as some of them were on purpose, there's one that I've been dying to ask you about. Yeah. Did you shoot your friend in the leg? Oh, <laughs> people got it right. What's that? Three times before we got it right. Because <laughs> I'll admit, uh, and one of the things that I love in any horror film of any kind, um, regardless of production, is just... What goes into making me kind of believe that moment? And mm -hmm. I was thoroughly impressed with your gunshot wound. I'm like obsessed about it because it's like it behaved entirely like somebody had shot your friend. Well, my um, my true right hand in, in this film and many others, her name is Denise Hill, and she does all of the um, special effects makeup. Okay. And she's been doing it for a while, She a long while. Um, she's even taught college courses in it. <laughs> oh, nice. So, yeah, and, and and that was actually a late, late addition. I was just going to shoot him and have him drag him in. It's like, Denise, we need to – I want a hole right in the front of his leg here. And so she created that right on the spot, and we included it in. Yeah. And another thing is the blood um, – I'm 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 the blood guy up there. Everybody knows it's like, oh, Kyle. He's like I like I said earlier. What's he gonna throw at us up the screen here? But um, yeah, blood is very important to me. Um, there's different types of blood. You know, generally I'll use a base of uh, um, that high fructose corn syrup. What is it, Caro? That kind of thing. Sure. But then depending upon is, is it fresh blood? <laughs> is it blood that's just 
been sitting and pooling for a while? Is it old dried blood? All of that has different additives and looks that it needs. And I see a lot of people not doing that. You know, someone will walk in on a crime scene, you know, in a bee flick or something, and wow, it looks like this just happened. But no, then they, they say, no, this happened like four hours ago. It's like, well, that's not the right blood for that. So, yes, I, <laughs> I do take pride in my blood. <laughs> no, <laughs> a, lot of could, a lot of research, but yeah. Kudos to you, because, I mean, you guys did, uh, you had a very effective uh, effect there uh, with the, the way that it came up, the, the consistency of it. And since this entire film, um, we should get into that a little bit. Um, you've already discussed this is just a, a collection of people passionate about this. But, I mean, mm-hmm. hardcore, you guys made everything that is seen on screen. It's not a lot of digital anything. Right. Yep. It's no. just practical effects. It is. Um, it's, it's practical. Everything that you see, we shot or made one way or another. Now that's not to say that in post I didn't do some layering and things like that. You know, um, for instance, when I shot the original, we, we shot all the live action over three weekends in November. I knew what I wanted to do with the miniatures after that. So I went ahead and, and put the people that I needed in front, um, in those miniatures or associated with them in front of the green screen. And I, sort of shot him and directed him. It's like, okay, there's something coming from out of there. Turn around. It's up there. Now it's coming. It's crashing. It's exploding. Get down. You know? And so it was that kind of direction during the whole, whole green screen segment. of sure. it. And then it was after we shot all the live action that I actually started building all the miniature sets. And so when I built the miniature sets after the fact of the live action, I could build them, um, utilizing what we've already shot so when you're setting a scene it's like yeah i'm gonna i want to build i want to shoot this and sometimes what we shot prior didn't lend to exactly what i thought that i was going to shoot and i'm glad i built these miniature sets after the fact so that i could actually make them more not realistic (laughs) more um applicable yeah, was, rescale them, reposition them, uh, adjust accordingly. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of that. That's real interesting. That's not a. Uh, if if I were thinking about it, that's not the direction I would immediately. That's not the direction that immediately comes to mind. I would always think that oh, you have the miniatures, and so you're going to try to shoot to match the miniatures. But you did it. You you shot, and then you adapted the miniatures yeah. to fit what you shot. I. That's. I mean, <laughs> think about it. That's like. That's not a bad way no, of doing it. No, that's that, pretty that, clever. That, especially with the way that you're going about doing it, that that's very effective. Yeah, and I, I, that probably comes from my construction background. I'm a contractor and all that and everything else. Right. And you've got to think things through like a chess game. What happens? What's going to happen three steps down the road? And be able to um, modify your approach as you get hit with different um, conditions. Nothing. Well, this is something uh, Tom and I have discussed while watching other independent films is the ones that we enjoy the most are the ones where the, the filmmakers realized what their shortcomings were. You know, they weren't going to have the big budget. They weren't going to be able to show the the monster or whatever, the, what have mm-hmm. you, the way they wanted to. And so they adapt. Yes. To, to work around the limitations that they find themselves straddled with instead of just plowing through 
and just going, well, it'll do, you know, they, they, they work on around those limitations. And that sounds like exactly the kind of thing that you were doing with this. Yeah. Very much like that. Uh, there were, th- there were things that we shot that just didn't work the way I thought that they should work. Um, when we exploded Jim, <laughs> and it was <laughs> the guy, you saw his face on the ground around the burning. Yes. That kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I, I did a green screen shot of him going, you know, like, you know like this as if he was blowing up into the screen and we actually did some shots where we just threw some um viscera and stuff like that at the camera but it didn't work in the end so i cut that and you know we went to what you saw where it's coming over the aftermath of the blast zone and his face laying there (laughs) that face was made actually that was also another last minute (laughs) when i called denise again it's like denise we're going to blow up Jim. Yeah. It's like, no, let's, let's, um, what do you think? Can we make a cast of part of his face for this thing? And this was, I think three nights before we shot that part. And so she goes <laughs> over to Jim's house at 11 o'clock at night and does a plaster cast of his face and works all night on that thing. And literally we've got, I think three other makeup artists as well on, on set on location when we're doing this. So Denise is doing everything she can directing them while we're outside shooting scenes and, you know, on the, on the radios, Hey, send me out whoever, whatever she's in there trying to detail that face. (laughs) (laughs) Same time. She's trying to direct the other makeup artists. And it was, uh, she did it. (laughs) Yeah. Kudos to Denise. Uh, She's got some serious talent there. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. Now, another thing I wanted to mention, and I, I just rewatched the, the film a little bit before we sat down to talk, and another thing that really jumped out of me is the music yeah. you've got in this thing. Is that all original music? It is. Yeah, I, that's the only way I do it. <laughs> I, yeah, part of the network. I'm a musician. I used to play thrash metal back in the day. I was a thrash head. You know, I was in the band. <laughs> so... Yeah, a very important aspect to me of film is the music. And canned just doesn't work. Well, I mean, I I suppose it can work. But, no, all this stuff was either written directly, scene by scene, um, with three different um, composers, or they provided music that I could use in different areas of it. One one of them, um, his name is Christopher Barr. He does feature films. He does um, video game music. He does a variety of things like that. And I've been working with him since about almost the beginning. And he did probably half of the music and the background ambiance stuff. Um, And then another um, couple that I've been wanting to use for years, and I just never found just the right time to ask them because they've got, they're they're pretty notable, notable notable (laughs) they've got some good notoriety in their genre and they do um goth goth metal industrial goth that kind of stuff and they're another alaska um couple they're called cliff and ivy and they wrote some of the ambient background stuff and they provided a tune that you hear on the lead out during the credits um called ohm and actually when i think it was the year following shooting this so i guess it was 2018 maybe 2019 um that song became one of the top 50 goth releases of the year (laughs) 
nice <laughs> magazines and everything it's like wow this is cool and, but yeah that was a that yeah. was, it was a complete pleasure to work with them as well they're great folks um another guy is he does he's a guitarist um he plays around anchorage at different he plays guitar for um theater um i think he does some of the symphony stuff uh and he came in and he helped write um the sort of the groovy 60s type stuff uh that i have to admit it's my favorite (laughs) (laughs) yeah he um he wrote for the psychedelic scene Uh uh-huh um well when we shot that not to digress a little bit but (laughs) what i did with that was um i created a bunch of swirling imagery on the computer and we took um our actress and painted her whole body up white and then put her in these little white outfit, little wifty outfit, and put her in front of a black screen, and then I projected all that imagery onto her. And that's how we shot that. Um, but we didn't have any music written at the time. I just knew what I wanted it, the, the, the groove of the thing. So I found the tune from the psychedelic era 60s and let her dance to that. You know, standard 4-4 beat, but it gave the right feel. And so when I had Kelly write something for that segment, I made sure that it had the right, the same beat. Make it match beat for dance. beat. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 not beat for beat. It's, it's not really even close. It's it's just that psychedelic band sort of feel. Gotcha. <laughs> right, right. yep. And what else? Uh, oh, one of my old band songs is in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they're coming out of the cabin to search for whatever's going out there, it's called bloodbath. So I just had to put that in there. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the music is a huge part to me. What is the future for vampire foxes from space? What, what, what do you hope for well, in the near and far future? Yep. The, well, in both the near and the far future, when, when I shot this originally, when I condensed it down to a, a teaser short film, um, we did it with the intent of being able to utilize it to get some traction, get some on the ground running, that kind of thing. Um, that we that we could tease ourselves into trick ourselves or whatever it is into a feature. Um, so mm-hmm. said, okay, let's let's make this thing, and then we'll throw it out to festivals and hopefully get some awards or even get in some. And we did, and. Um, so the whole the whole process is to build up a project that when we do go for funding, whether it's crowdfunding or um, personal investors or, or whatever else, that we've got a project that's um, not just in someone's head. It, it's on the ground. It's running. It's got a track record. And uh, the comic book part of that thing is is actually part of my goal in helping to um, spread that word draw a great bigger audience and as well hopefully it sells a few and we can help finance it that way that in the cons um, nice I, I prefer to self-finance you know <laughs> right. at least as much as possible um but we'll see how it goes that that is that is the end result everything that i'm doing is toward that feature <laughs> excellent is the end is the intention as the uh, comic book gets off the ground uh, to essentially make that either part of the future script for the larger one or like a series of them? 
Oh, a series of them. I'd love to do a series of them. Yeah. Um, and, and I was talking with Tad, our, our comic artist, and, and we're talking about ways to do this and everything else. And, uh, so we're going to pull some from the original script. Others, we're just going to let it flow and see where it wants to go. It, it, I don't think it needs to match anything exactly. If it does that, then why buy one when you can watch it here? <laughs> I know you're going around and you've been, we saw you at the expo where you had a booth and you were selling the movie and well, a couple some other merch products and everything. Is it currently, as far as sales go, are you strictly in person at the cons or is that a mail order an option? It's working on being an option. <laughs> Same as the website. It's up. But it doesn't work yet. <laughs> so yeah, it's all this. Um, I, I can only do so much at, you know, with real life that goes on around me. Um, so it, it's, it's been working in baby steps. I, back in when we first started doing this, like, I'm not going to push this. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to work at baby steps and everything's going to be very methodical. And it has been that way ever since the start. This con was just um, the timing for the con was probably about three months earlier than I would have really liked it. We'd have had maybe more of the comic book end of the thing ready. Um, but it, it is what it is. And, um, so yeah, I want to do more conventions and I was going to, uh, look into doing, and I did look into doing, um, the one down in Lexington that's coming up in a couple weekends mm -hmm. from now, Scarefest. Yeah. I was going to do that. Okay, sure. And then I, you know, I, I had to take a step back. It's like, wow, you know, I gotta, I gotta go work. <laughs> I gotta go on my <laughs> You know, and, and that, and I figure I'll start hitting some of these cons. I'll just visit them and see what ones might work best for, you know, within the region, at least anyway, see what ones might work best for us. Um, see how much adaption I have to do to the booth itself, you know, rather than going in blind. I, I went to Horror Hound and their booths were very much smaller. Um, mm. Yeah. And so I'm sort of glad that we did this instead of Horror Hound, um, but they were sold out as well. So I didn't afford that opportunity, but I'm, I'm sort of glad we did it here. You know, it was a little different than anything else going on there. Whereas at Horror Hound, not that it wouldn't have been different than everything going on, but I think that gave us not, if not an edge, it, it gave us a, what the hell's that thing effect? <laughs> <laughs> well, they caught my attention. <laughs> yeah. And you, you have a film that has a direct tie in with a comic. I think you hit the right kind of venue for, for that crossover. Yeah, it was a wider crowd, wider variety. Or As far as anyone that wants to actually keep track of the progress, where's the best place to go now until you get the website up and running? Uh, Facebook is the best. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I was going to say, that's kind of like your landing page right now, it the is. Facebook page. Yeah, and even the Twitter and the Instagram, which I'm trying to get better at <laughs> for the time being. Um, eventually, hopefully within three or four months I'll have the website up and running you know with the merch thing and all this kind of everything else but as of right now it's, it's no it's just um I gotta work <laughs> <laughs> yep no understood yeah. no that's fine well Tom is there anything else that you wanted to ask not so much ask but uh, one of the things that Chris and I enjoy about this is um, no matter what films we watch, whether big production, low budget, independent, whatever, mm -hmm. the thing that we really focus on is the fact that 
somebody with a passion for something went out and made something that did not exist before. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. Mm-hmm. They they put themselves out there to to share their art. And the fact that you are coming into this and you're attacking literally every level uh, of doing it. You're trying to be the writer, the director, the special effects, the the marketer, uh, <laughs> the the music. You are getting your hands in everything and the passion shows in what you did. So we, we celebrate that in the conversations that we have. So kudos for going out there, get, gathering a group of people. It's, uh, it's just, it's nice to see that happening. Um, and hopefully that will generate more good new material, um, not just from you, but from the people that make things all the way around. Because quite frankly, I'm jonesing for people to come up with original material these days. Yeah, and speaking of not me to extend the interview or whatever you want to call this thing, but, uh, you know, the people involved in this were just, every, every, there's not a single person that wasn't that was involved in this that I wouldn't ask to be involved in the future. Not a single one. And they all come from backgrounds that just work. I mean, you know, a couple of them have been in a couple feature films and lots of short films. Um, a couple others are, are filmmakers themselves. Um, one lady, the, the one that was in the, the Bond Fox, she's actually a newscaster in Alaska and she has her own um, Alaska program as well. Yeah, so they come from theater and film and all these kind of great backgrounds and it was the best cast I'd ever worked with. It was literally the best culmination, not just cast, but crew and everything. When you do these short films, you know, people will get, they'll wake up and say, oh, shoot, I gotta go. Someone's happening over here and I got to go right now, you know, and that didn't happen here. It, everyone was, and there was one day we started shooting at, I think, nine in the morning and we didn't finish until four o'clock the next morning. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, and everyone was just there, and they were with it, and they just kept on going. And I said, "Let's do this." Of course, yeah, you know, you keep them fed. Well, that's that's the key. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody as much as they need. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, I, I can't talk about this enough about the people that are involved in this thing. Well, excellent. Well, I, I I'm really excited that while maybe not. A, we haven't come in exactly on the ground floor. We're like on the first floor and we get to watch this thing continue. And so uh, I'm following you on Twitter. I'm following you on the Facebook page. We will definitely keep our ear to the rail and see where this goes. And we certainly wish you the best of luck with everything. Thank you very much. And you guys. So, so uh, we'll let you get back to work so you can go and uh, do what you need to do so you can get back to making movies. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, again, we'll uh, we'll see you around. And uh, thank you for joining us. And good luck. Thank you much. Appreciate you. Bye, Kyle. Thanks again. See you, Kyle.